heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Happy Halloween, everyone, as today is indeed Saturday, October 31st. This is episode number 34 of the YWC Football Talk podcast, and I've had Giants fans on before. I've had multiple fans of different teams on the show before, but this is the first time ever that I have a Philadelphia Eagles fan on. Break the Walls 10, Bobby Gross is here. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to get into our predictions for Week 8, maybe talk a little bit of fantasy football here and there. He's going to bitch about Howie and the Eagles, but Bobby, man, welcome to the YWC Football Talk podcast. Thanks for having me, Griff. I mean, this has been in the works for a little bit now. You know, just work schedules have been complicated. I work nights and usually record during the week, but we're here on a Saturday, Halloween. There's supposed to be a full moon tonight, so, you know, crazy stuff might be happening tomorrow. Who knows? It might uh, translate over, but uh, I'm happy to be here, man. Happy to be here, and we've also, unfortunately, though, we've hit the halfway point of the NFL season, and every everyone says, oh, why is that unfortunate? Because every year, I always say, I'm so excited, we have to wait seven months between the Super Bowl and Week 1 kickoff, and out of nowhere, it's already Week 8, like, the season, like, the regular season's halfway finished, like, it's just, oh, people's like, oh, it's been great, but at the same time, too, it's like, you know, we're on the second half, so the regular season's slowly gonna start to burn, where... And this is a great week to have you on because we've got a lot of good games that we get to talk about. Oh, yeah, a lot. And you, that's funny, too, man, because especially this year, like, with everything going on, it's both the slowest and the fastest year of all time. Like, I feel like we've been in this thing for so long, but yet I can't believe that it's almost no like a day before November and, like, football season's halfway over, like you said. It's unbelievable. But, yeah, should be a great week of games. Yeah, and that actually got started off Thursday night, which it wasn't like a good game, but it wasn't a bad game either. I don't know if you got to watch it or any of the highlights between Atlanta and Carolina, but the Falcons actually did not blow a comeback, and they won. The only thing I got to say about that game was, was you know what, I enjoyed it. That's all I think I got to say. No complaints. Yeah, I was... Here's what I do, Griff. I'll let you in on a little thing. So, yeah. I know buddy uh, Danny who is big into the sports betting, right? And because I'm in New Jersey, sports betting is uh, legal here. Yes. So what I've been doing for every week of this season is I'll do a uh, a parlay, which means pick multiple games. You pick uh, some kind of prediction. You know, you could either take the spread. You can take uh, the over-under. Out the, the, the winner of the game. So I've been doing like four team parlays this whole season, right? $10.00. Uh, you put in 10 bucks. Usually the payout ranges from like, depending on what you pick, it'll be from like 90 to maybe like 150 in a payout. I've yet to win, Griff. I've yet to win one of these things. It's <laughs> pissing me off. And of course, one of the games that I had in this week's parlay was the damn Panthers and Falcons. And I picked the Panthers. So of course, already, Thursday night, my parlay's done for the week. I was pissed off about that. So that that's pretty much, I, I didn't see the game, but that's what I take away from uh, that game. I hate the Falcons. I hate the Falcons. I, I wish for them to, to lose the rest of the season. And, uh, yeah, that that's 
I mean, Bridgewater's great, though. It, it sucked to see him get hurt, but uh, I love Bridgewater. I'm glad to see that he's he's got a home there in Carolina. Yeah, and also, too, like, I do that, too, up here with, because uh, I know New Jersey, I believe, was the first state to make uh, betting legalized, and I know that uh, Caesars has become a big part, Caesars and DraftKings have become a big partner of the NFL. And also, you see FanDuel, like, you literally watch the NFL Network or an NFL game on a Sunday, and, like, half the commercials are either for, like, Pizza Hut or betting, because they know that it's a huge market to capitalize on. Um, I do it up here, 100%. too. I do it up here, too, where um, I, like, I pick... Three game, three to four games on a thing called Pro Line, where I basically just go to like a gas station or whatever. I yeah, to, I want to download the app, but it's too risky. I don't want to get like into that whole like, oh hey, just press this button and like money, money, money. Yeah, it's too convenient. It's too convenient. Yeah. So then I basically the first week I did, which was week five, I did a pick. I just did pick three to win by eight. I picked the Cardinals okay. over the Jets. I picked. I don't remember the other game, but I know they won by eight, and I picked. The Raven, the Raven, not the Ravens. The Chiefs over the Raiders. The fucking Chiefs let me down, and then the next week too. There you go. I did win. That was win by eight. Next week I did win by four. It was your Eagles who came back. I would have won. Like I think it was ninety dollars, but the Eagles got that last minute uh, touchdown to win by to lose by two, and instead of eight, like in there, I was just like, oh, for the love of God! And even like last week too, am I over under? It was Green Bay, Houston, yeah. two and a half points. I needed them to score just two and a half more points. That's just that's my that's my bitching about and that's, gambling. That's that's the tricky thing with the the sports betting is that you can have a game to where uh, you're 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 like you said you're you're in within the the spread that you picked, but then it can be in like garbage time and these defenses just choose not to play anymore. And there will be just a touchdown or a field goal that screws everything up. Uh, but I, I've been there, Griff. I, that sucks. That's why I choose not to do uh, the, the money line too many times. I'd rather pick um, a team out. If it's like an underdog, it pays more. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the money line the money line is tricky. It's it's real tricky. It is. And, um... yeah, I, literally every commercial here because, uh, you know, I'm not big into sports radio. I kind of – just recently got into listening on to my drives to work. Literally every commercial is DraftKings, FanDuel. It's crazy because New Jersey makes, I think they made like something like $300 million so far this year or this past quarter. It's it's insane. But yeah, it's, it's convenient. It's just on the phone. You enable your location. You pick any game you want. It's I'm sure there's a lot of people addicted to this thing. I'm not one of those. I put my $10 a week and then that's it. I'm the same. I bet ten bucks because if I lose, I just go. Hey, it was just ten dollars. I don't want to be one of those people that are going like, I can't believe it. like I'm betting like a hundred dollars on one game. Like, no, I just. It's not that I, I. I could if I wanted to. It's just that's money I choose not to spend. Um. Yeah, and, and that's 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 tricky. That I I was kind of doing that last season. I I I put it on myself. Listen, you're only getting ten dollars a week to do the parlay because listen, if I. Win every week, I expect that. But let's say if I lose four, and then on the fifth one I I hit, well, most of the time those parlays are going to be like a hundred dollar payout or something like that, depending on what you pick. So that's like doubling your money, even though you lost the previous four weeks. So that's that's fine with me. I'm good with that. Exactly. And um, speaking of games, we are going to get into games this week. I'm going to also list. I've been doing this lately, where I list the over under, and then I say the spread as well, just to help you guys bet and everything. And the first game that's on my app is honestly probably the game of the week, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Baltimore Ravens. 
The over-under is 46 and a half, and the Ravens are a four and a half point favorite. I'm, I, I put out a poll last Sunday saying, and no disrespect to you guys, but I was just like, there are th- two other games I'd rather see in this spot, and one was Bills-Patriots, which I changed my thoughts midway through the second quarter of that game, of the Patriots-Niners game, and the other one was Ravens-Steelers. No, I understand Cowboys Eagles. They're not going to flex the Cowboys out just because that's a classic rivalry. And for all the shitting I've done in the AFC East games, a lot of them are actually pretty decent. But with Ben DiNucci, we'll talk about that later. This game doesn't deserve to be in a one o'clock time slot. No, this is this is one that should be Sunday night, Monday night. You, I mean, listen, I, I like the one o'clock games just because it adds more because I have red zone. Yeah. So it's awesome to see all these games going and seeing all the the highlights and the, and the scoring. Uh, but yeah, it's like when you have, like you said, when you have the the Eagles and uh, the Cowboys in a, in a Sunday night game. No matter no matter the I mean, listen, there, there's a rivalry, but both both teams suck. It, it doesn't really matter. Uh, that that's one I, I wish we we could have gotten that one one o'clock or even the four o'clock game of the week on Fox. Um, that would have been even better because yeah, Steelers and, and, and Ravens. That's that's gonna be a hell of a game. And you know what? I, I might even with the spread. I, I think I'm gonna take. Uh, I think I'm gonna take this. I would take the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers are playing great football right now. Uh, believe me, I know. Uh, we played them a couple weeks ago, and we kind of made a little bit of a comeback at the end. But it was again, it was garbage time. So who cares? But that team, they have it together. Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in football, um, and the Ravens right now are struggling on offense for whatever reason. Uh, Lamar is having a good season, but he's not having the type of season that he had last year. They don't really have a run game. They're not using Dobbins enough. Uh, Ingram's on always hurt now. Uh, they don't have the receivers. You have Mark Andrews at tight end, which he's a stud. But yeah, they're they're struggling, and the Steelers are rolling. So even if it's in Baltimore, I would I'm taking the Steelers to win this game. Um, before I get into my pick, I just want to point out two things. One, we do get this game on primetime Thanksgiving night, so that's going to be well, there's two mm. games of crap we have to sift through on Thanksgiving. But then, oh well, your Thanksgiving, my Thanksgiving was a few weeks ago. Um, that's the, the game. real Thanksgiving. The, the real Thanksgiving, the American Thanksgiving, Thursday night football is Ravens-Steelers, so thank you, NFL, for that. But um, I found this stat on Twitter through uh, a retweet from Diana Rossini of ESPN from someone named uh, Daniel uh, Valente from, from the Score Media, which is up here in uh, Canada. And it says, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, David Johnson, and Melvin Gordon have all gone to get up against the Steelers' defense this year. They're combined for just 294 rushing yards. They're gonna dare that's Lamar. To, they're gonna dare Lamar to throw tomorrow, and that's where I'm. I'm going Pittsburgh too. Two reasons. One, because I called it at the beginning of the year that Pittsburgh's a dark horse, and I said if this team's healthy, they can make a legit run towards uh, Tampa at the end of the year. When I say that, I don't mean oh they're gonna play the Bucks. I'm saying Tampa's what the Super Bowl is. I think it, right now, I honestly you could say I think it's gonna be Chiefs Steelers AFC Championship. But Pittsburgh's just looked unstoppable. Like you go last week, even though to like Tennessee had a little comeback, but they just like pounced that Tennessee defense on third down. Like they couldn't stop anything, and they're gonna force Lamar to throw. Which at the same time, too, he's not the best thrower. But there's some ball hawkers like Mink, Mink, uh, uh, blank, um, messing up his name, Minka Fitzpatrick in that uh, secondary for Pittsburgh. Yeah. They got some other players, Bud Dupree, T.J. Water, gonna be coming off the line. So this is a game. I still think it'll be close. Like I think this. Like, oh yeah. I'm still picking the Steelers, but like I said before, man, this Pittsburgh team a team not to mess with, and 
they got Dallas next week, and if you look at Pittsburgh's schedule going forward, they've got a bunch of cupcakes. Like, they still have to play, I think, the football team. They still have to play, like I said, Dallas. They have Cincinnati still, which I think twice. And it's just one of those things where I don't see many L's on that schedule. Like, this is going to be a 13-3 and or 12-4 and team at worst-case scenario. They're, they're going to give the Chiefs a run for the number one seed in the AFC. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you look at what uh, James Conner has done this year. Like, he had a slow start. He got hurt in the beginning of the year. He's he's running all around the field here. Chase Claypool, believe me, as an Eagles fan, I know what Chase Claypool is all about. That was an unbelievable game he had against us. Um, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, they're, they're on a roll right now. And... Uh, Ravens, they, I mean, they're five and one, but they don't look the part so far. And like you said, I mean, that's deal. And the the Ravens' run game is Lamar Jackson. They don't have a running back there. So uh, yeah, I think this is lining up for the the Steelers to to, I guess, upset the uh, the Ravens, no doubt. Yeah, it's weird that they're the underdog, but at the same time, and also too, the one thing I want to point out quickly is that there's four teams I see right now making the playoffs in the NFC, and the, not the NFC, in the AFC. But we'll kind of fill out the blanks with the three other wild cards, but or actually uh, two wild cards in one division. But I think it's Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Tennessee. I think those are your four playoff teams right now in the AFC, and the rest is kind of going to be filling the blanks as the season goes along. Which another team that could fill in the blank, I'm just going to move on to our next game, is the Colts visiting the Lions in a game I'm going to call, like, are we sure they're good? Because both teams have shown moments of, hey, they can play, but both teams also have sucked completely this year. So, like, I think this is going to be a very telling team for both teams' playoff chances. Yeah, I would probably, I don't know uh, what the spread is, but just on paper, I would think that the, the Colts, Colts two and a half. one. Yeah, I think I think they probably beat that spread, honestly. Uh, I think the Lions just aren't a good football team, honestly. I think uh, Matt Patricia isn't a good football coach. Um, the, the track record isn't there. I mean, listen, they've been winning the past couple weeks, no doubt about it. But I love uh, what Frank Reck is doing there in Indianapolis the past couple of years. I love what he's been doing. He's not been surrounded by the best uh, talent offensively. I mean, listen, what, where, where's T.Y. Hilton? He has done nothing this year. The, the regression is unbelievable. But Philip Rivers is still getting the job done. They got Jonathan Taylor, the, the rookie running back. I like him a lot. Um, you know, the Lions... They got Galladay back from injury a couple weeks ago, and, they, and that's when they've been starting to win, which is good. But I, I'm not a believer in the Lions. I, I think the Colts take this one. Uh, I'm in the same. I think, And also, the over-under is 49.5 in this game. But if, I'm going to go Colts as well. And if I had to say a score, I'm going to go probably with, like, let's say 28-17. to 17. Like, I think the Lions have a few good drives, but at the end of the day, I think the Colts are just too much for the Lions to handle. Like, this is that game where everyone looks at the Lions and goes, okay, what you did against, like, Jacksonville and Atlanta was cute, but now we know, okay, yeah, this isn't a good team. Um, What were you going to say there? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts... I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts take this by double digits. I mean, listen, the, the, Lions, the Lions, they're a poverty franchise. I'm sorry, Detroit, but that's just the, the case. They're a poverty franchise. Um, so, yeah, it, Colts... I, I think it'll be a closer game, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's double digits either. Okay, sounds good. And then the next game we have is a divisional round, which I think we're going to be three for three in our picks this week too, as the Vikings visit Lambeau, where the Viking the Packers are a six and a half point spread, which 
I'm going to come out and say it right now. I think the Packers cover that as well. Even though I could see it being a similar game to Indianapolis and uh, Detroit. But with this game, like, Minnesota's one of those franchises where you look at it and you go, like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Like, they have the talent. It's just, I feel like because everyone was extended there this year and, like, I feel like Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman feel like, hey, we have job security, so if we suck this year, they're not going to fire us because they still have to pay us. I don't, I don't understand the Vikings either. I just don't. You look at them on paper, at, at least the offense. The defense is a whole other story. I don't, I'm not impressed by the defense, but you know, one week uh, Minnesota will explode for like 30 points, and the next week they they score 13. It's unbelievable. Um, but, you know, listen, they have Dalvin Cook coming back this week. Um, Justin Jefferson, I mean, we I, he is a stud. And, man, do I wish the Eagles took him. Um, but, you know, and Thielen is, is flourishing as that number one wide receiver right now. It's all about, I think, listen, I, I, take, I might take the Vikings just to cover the spread. I don't think they're going to win the game, but I don't think that they're going to they're lose by a touchdown. I don't think that's going to happen. It's a division game. They're going to play them tough. I know the Vikings are 1-5, and five, but uh, I, I think it'll be a closer game than 6.5. Than but listen, Green Bay, what they're doing right now, Aaron Rodgers is, in my opinion, he's the MVP of this year. Um, he, I can't believe what he's been doing without – Devontae Adams for a lot of the season. I mean, he was back last week, but I mean, for them to be 5-1 and one at this point in the season, and they look better than last year. So, yeah, I think uh, the Packers win it, but I, I think the Vikings cover the spread. Yeah, like what I said before, um, where I thought this game would be like Indianapolis Detroit, where they're too much to handle, I kind of agree with you in a sense where I feel like this could be Baltimore-Philly where Green Bay's up big and then Green Bay's defense kind of lets their guard down. And then this could be a big fa- – um, we haven't yet to discuss this, but for fantasy football, I think this could be potentially be a bit of a good game for Dalvin Cook because as we saw two weeks ago, Green Bay is not good against the run. So if you're playing daily fantasy out there, I recommend like maybe picking up Dalvin Cook or even like it, just for daily fantasy because obviously in every league – he is dra- – oh, that was an interesting – sorry, it's just a very interesting play in the college game. Um, Dalvin Cook's one of those guys where I feel like tomorrow he's going to eat the ball a lot. Kirk Cousins is going to rely on him uh, in a similar situation, which we'll see in another game coming up uh, later in that day. But at the same time, too, I – Yeah, it's going to – it's going to be all on Kirk Cousins' shoulders, yeah. man. I mean, they're going to run the ball. Uh, Madison, I mean, when he took over for Cook uh, two weeks ago, he didn't look great. Uh, he didn't – he, he was just lost out there. Um, but Cook coming back is going to help that offense. But Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's Jekyll and Hyde, man. He, one week he can look great. He can be thrown for 400 yards. The next week he can be turning the ball over three times and throw for like 150, something crazy like that. But, yeah, uh, that, Packers are still going to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to say Packers. I'm going to go 28-24. Some, like somewhere along those lines. I'll go Packers. I'll go Packers 27-24. Uh, I think it'll be like a three-point a three point game. True. And the next one is a game that means a lot to me, a, a, a game everyone's going to have their eyes on, and that's the Patriots visiting the Bills. This is a game Bills fans have been excited for all season long. This is a game Patriots fans are kind of looking at now as, and I'm on this phase two where it's, hey, this is a now-or-never game because if the Pats lose this and the Bills go to 6-2 and two and the Patriots go to 2-5, and five, that's a tough, tough hole to climb out of, but 
Part of me wants to be optimistic, but there's a part of me too that's going like, I have no idea what to expect tomorrow with this New England Patriots team. Yeah, this is this is make or break for New England. I mean, if they lose this game, I think they're I think their season's over. I mean, two and five, uh, and the, and like you said, the Bills would be six and two. Um, and and Miami, you know, who knows? They might start exploding. They might be making this comeback with Tua as their quarterback now. Um, I mean, and they're already three and three, so they have a better record than the uh, the Patriots. Uh, the, listen. This could be a trap game, like I was telling you before, uh, before we started for the uh, for the Bills. Even though, you know, the Bills are five and two, but they haven't played like that, man. They they don't look good. Um, the the defense is great, uh, but again, that offense, Josh Allen has been struggling lately. Um, but you look at what New England has on offense. I mean, there's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing in New England uh, offensively. I mean. People, people were like saying, "Oh, Cam Newton, man! That those first two weeks, Cam Newton. What, I mean, how did nobody pay this guy?" And he was doing great, but listen, he got he got COVID. He came back. Maybe it was too soon. Maybe he's still feeling something with that. But Bill Belichick did not surround him with anything to work with in the off season. I mean, they signed the guy. He, I mean, they they claimed that Newton was in a competition with Steidham, but I, I mean, it was it was Cam's job. Uh, let's be real. Um, he, he has nobody there to throw to nobody to run the ball. It it looks bad in new England, but listen, they're going to play the Buffalo tough. Uh, I think the bills are still going to win this game, but I would not be surprised if new England just comes out of nowhere and wins this on like a, a two minute drill in the fourth quarter with cam. I wouldn't be surprised with that at all. I'm in the same boat as you. Um, this this honestly pains me to do, but I always try to look at this realistically and not. And I try to make my picks as non-homer as possible. I kind of did it last week with San Patriots over to the Niners, and it bit me in the ass terribly. I'm I'm gonna say Buffalo wins this game too, just based off of what we've seen. But for all, there's part of me that's just hoping that tomorrow the Patriots come out with a fight and purpose, because if they go five, if they're three and four after this game, and Buffalo is five and three. Buffalo's gonna be falling like what, what what we saw with Cleveland two weeks ago when they got absolutely stomped by a Pittsburgh. Where, hey, you're four and two, but it seems like you're two and four right now. Just because with Cleveland, obviously they are still a little brother, and as uh, until four o'clock tomorrow, Buffalo potentially still is little brother to New England. So, and also too, it comes back to this: Bills Patriots Monday Night Football Week 16. If the Patriots can find the gas pedal in the second half of the season, like what they normally do, like they didn't do it last year, obviously, because last year they got off to this great 8-0 start, and then ever since then the earth has, has fallen because they had so many layups and cupcakes to start the year. Now their schedule starts to get e- a little uh, slower, a little easier, where after this, hey, they've got the Jets twice still, they've got Houston, they've got Arizona, which is a potential winner, you got the Chargers and the Dolphins. The only games in there where I look at the Patriots as potential losses is Baltimore, the Rams, and maybe the Cardinals. So, for now, and also, too, I'm going to say this with tomorrow's game. Tomorrow's going to be a very ground-heavy game, just because the weather in Buffalo is supposed to suck. It's supposed to be, like, rain and cold, I think in, like, the 40s somewhere, which I know you guys, you're Fahrenheit, I'm Celsius, but I know 40 isn't exactly ideal football weather in the rain. I'm going to say... It's still a close game, so where New England kind of has optimism going forward, but I'm going to go 17-14, to Bills. Uh, yeah, 
Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna go like Bills twenty, Patriots fourteen, something like that. Listen, uh, they, Bill Belichick just did not. I, I wasn't a Patriots fan uh, or Patriots believer going into the season. I didn't think they would be this bad though. I mean, they've just looked awful. And, you know, part of the problem, too, not just offense, that defense is completely changed from last year. Um, the defense is what, I mean, Brady, let's be honest, Brady didn't look great last year, but what carried that team was the defense, and they let a lot of guys go. It's just not the same defense. Uh, but, you know, the, the Bills' offense is, is struggling right now, so I don't think it's going to be the defense that loses the game. Uh, it's going to beyond Cam's shoulders and you know I don't know what he can do I mean he hasn't done much in the past couple of weeks without anybody there um but who knows maybe he just has to just keep running for his life and that he'll sneak into the end zone a couple times but yeah it, it's definitely uh, the Bills game to lose for sure oh I agree with you 100% on there this is Buffalo's game to lose and also too I feel like the defense will do their job in containing Josh Allen similarly what we saw with New England do, do, doing two weeks ago against Drew Locke so if it's literally tomorrow, it's all on Cam. It's on Cam's shoulders. It's on because even to last week that defensive performance was, was horrendous. Like I said, we're gonna have to find a way to take Kittle, Debo Samuel out of the game. I didn't expect Jeff Wilson to have that game. I started Jarek McKinnon on my team, which bit me in the ass horribly. But Kittle looked like Kittle, and when you when you're playing against him and he looks like that, chances are you're gonna lose. Um, moving on to the next game, which I know and, you know Grop doesn't. Garoppolo doesn't have much there, so I mean Kittle's Kittle's the number one. So especially since Debo got hurt last game uh, against you guys, so but yeah, Bills Bills are going to take this exactly. And the next game we've got is the Titans visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Titans at a seven point spread. That's uh, a very tricky one that I saw from the beginning. And man, Tennessee has looked good, but at the same time too, there's been like games this year where I've said this before. They barely beat Denver. They barely beat Minnesota. They barely beat um, Jacksonville. And even, too, last week, they did not look good against Pittsburgh because I know after the game against... And also, to Houston. They had, Houston. they had to take Houston to overtime to beat them, who's looked horrendous this year. Tennessee right now, they need a statement victory, and if you're going to do it, tomorrow is the game to do it. Yeah. But I'm going to trust Joe Burrow enough to where this game's very similar-ish to... Vikings Packers where you know what I'm going Tennessee but I think the Bengals keep it within a seven point spread um you know what I would I think I would take the, the Titans with the points honestly uh that seven points I, I think it's going to be a blowout game uh the Titans are pissed last week did not go their way I mean they just looked lost in that first half and then turned it around in the second but um, I think Derrick Henry is going to run all over Cincinnati. He's a man possessed this year. He looks excellent. Didn't have the best game line, but listen, Cincinnati is missing a lot on offense right now. They have a lot of starters missing for and Joe Burrow again. Like no, nothing frustrates me more than when you know these franchises draft a quarterback and surround them with nothing, uh, and then blame them for when the, the team doesn't work their 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 magic you know look at what the jets did with darnold i mean just not 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 the best uh situation to be in but excuse me joe burrow looks great i mean he looks really really good um but i think the Titans are going to be possessed 
this week, and they're, they're gonna they're gonna destroy. <clears throat> excuse me, they're gonna destroy the Bengals. Uh, I think Tannehill. Listen, big rat. A good court, Ryan Tannehill. I'm still dying on this hill. Ryan Tannehill is not a good quarterback. He's surrounded by weapons. He's surrounded by Derrick Henry, who carries that offense. I just had to throw that in there. I'm sorry, Griff. I, listen, I, I think fine. Tannehill's a good quarterback. I'm just busting. It's I'm fine. Busting it's fine. Balls. That's what we do um, here. But, but listen, uh, the, the, the tight, like I said, Titans are. I think seven is is generous. To be honest with you, I think seven is is gonna it's gonna be double digits for sure. Titan Titans all day. Titans all day. I'm seeing this game go one of two ways, and that's either you know what the Bengals cover or the Titans just beat them by like twenty plus. And also doesn't really help the fact when you got rid of Geno Atkins. This, oh no, is it? I know Carlos Atkins Dunlap. and Dun, it was Dunlap who went to Seattle, and then also do DJ Reader being out for that defensive line. I think it's it's uh, it's also too. But, tomorrow is November, which is Tractor Cedo season. Something to point out. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But li- listen, it, do you think that there's any chance whatsoever that Cincinnati's going to beat Tennessee here? Oh, good lord, no! I think Tennessee's going to win. I think it's just a matter of if it's a close game or if it's an ass whipping. Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be the latter. I think Tennessee's because it's going to destroy Cincinnati. I'm just I'm going to die on the hill. I said and disagree with you about the whole Cincinnati has a chance just because you never know what you're going to get with Tennessee, especially with past track records. Um, you know, how before I said with the Colts uh, Lions, this is an are we sure they're good game? It's the yeah. same thing too with this next game, and that's the Raiders at the Browns. This is also a game too where whoever loses, you're just it's like New England where not your season's over, but your playoff hill's a lot steeper to climb. And everyone's saying, oh, but Cleveland's five and two. But have you looked who's ahead of Cleveland? And with Vegas, it's you're not winning the division. I know you beat Kansas City once, but Kansas City, uh, that's the next game on the schedule. We all know who they're playing. Um, I want to ask you, though, who do you got winning this game, Browns or Raiders? Uh, I'm just not a believer in the Raiders. You know, I'm not a believer in Derek Carr. I think he's he's a fine quarterback, but he's not he's not a franchise quarterback. Um yeah, I, I like the Browns this year. Um, you know, that, that offense, again, it's one of those things where it's – it's Hunt is there. He's been doing a great job out Chubb there. He's been a really good number one. But, my God, I mean, look at what Baker Mayfield did last game. He, he was awful, awful, awful in that first quarter, first half. <clears throat> oh, man, I'm getting choked up today. <laughs> Um, and then he, he just goes off in the second half, like four touchdowns, throws all – I mean, he, he looked outstanding. That's what you get from Baker Mayfield. Um, I, I love that. Have you seen the meme of, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, like his stats, like he'll suck, he'll uh, – the, the media doubts him, he'll uh, go off, he'll brag about it to the media, and then it just repeats over and over again. And then you That's fit – the most accurate – and then you fit. I was about to say, and you fit in there too, meme. his wife too. But no, that's I've the seen most the meme. Accurate meme I've ever seen because yeah. that that's that's Baker to at. I'm not I'm not a Baker believer, but my that that defense, the Cleveland defense, um, I like a lot. And Miles Garrett is just playing out of his mind right now. So, uh, yeah, I think I think uh, they're gonna give uh, Oakland all that they have. I think that uh, I think the Browns take it. I think the Browns take it. And that uh, AFC uh, the AFC North man. That, that's a hell of a division this year. Um, so, yeah, uh, Browns, I think the Browns will uh, will beat them. 
Um, I'm going to go Cleveland, too. And the only thing I was going to say earlier with, I do agree with the Baker Mayfield meme because it also, if you look at a lot of these big 12 quarterbacks, probably with the exceptions of Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes, not a lot of them have panned out in the NFL. Um, I'm only saying Baker Mayfield, too, because, hey, guess where he went to school? Texas Tech, then Oklahoma. Um, I'm going to go Cleveland, too, at this game just because, look, I think, and here's the thing I also wanted to point out. Because uh, I heard yesterday on Pro Football Talk, which is a NBC Sports podcast uh, radio show, but also a podcast that I listen to because I don't get NBC Sports. Um, they were saying how look if you look at Matt Stafford's stats before and after Calvin Johnson retired, he got to be a better quarterback once Calvin Johnson left. So I gotta wonder if it's gonna be the same thing with Baker this week, where there's not pressure to throw. I know they still have Landry, but there's not that pressure there to get Odell the football because every week it's always. Oh, why doesn't Odell have too many catches? Or, oh, why is Odell playing like this? Unfortunately, Odell had his ACL tear, which, uh, all the best to him. But I feel like removing him out of the equation was only going to better Baker just because, look, there's not pressure for Baker to make others look better. It's about Baker making himself look good. And the other meme I want to add to that wheel as well was his wife bitching to the media saying, oh, it's not fair, it's so tough to play in Cleveland, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, too, it's like... It's not tough to play in Cleveland. It's just Baker's such a Jekyll and Hyde quarterback to where we don't know who we're going to get. But also, too, i got to respect the fact that, yeah, he's gone through four coaches in three seasons. Kevin Stefanski's actually managed to make him look good, but Cleveland, for me, is still the same situation as Buffalo till where they beat uh, a Pittsburgh or a Baltimore. They're, they're still not it. And as for Vegas, Vegas is the same thing where it's like, look, they're a good team. Their defense has still got a long way to go, and... I'm going to make a WWE reference right now because YWC's in the title. But but Derek Carr's a B-plus quarterback. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. I've never I've never been a Derek Carr believer. I know um, our buddy Miguel, uh, he loves Derek Carr. He loves his Raiders. I just, I don't, I don't see anything there. I mean, listen, Ruggs looks pretty good. He's been a little banged up, but Ruggs looks good. Um, Josh Jacobs is a, is a stud running back. It's just... I don't really, I don't see much there. There's no substance. <clears throat> and I think for Cleveland, specifically for Baker without uh, Odell, he's got to start using his tight ends more. Like, they, they, Cleveland goes out and signs Austin Hooper, who had a career year in Atlanta last year, and, and he just, he's not he's not producing the same way. You have Hooper and Njoku, man. Like, you got, you got to start using those guys. Uh, Landry, you know what you get from Landry. He's a, he's a, he's a ball-catching machine. Um, but yeah, but maybe, maybe, I mean, cause Odell leaves the game last week and Baker starts going off. So is that a coincidence? Uh, who knows? But yeah, this, this is going to, uh, definitely be, uh, be a game to where we can kind of judge the Browns offense without Odell and see how they do. Exactly. Cause also too, like you saw him getting the ball to like Harrison Bryant, another tight end, uh, people's Jones looked good. That was probably his first ever good game. Cause he was a stud. I'm just at Michigan. Cause right now it's a Michigan state, Michigan game. Um, there's just these things where for a lot of these players, like I said now too, it's on Baker, but then also too, you're right with Austin Hooper, where Austin Hooper hasn't accomplished a whole lot since arriving to Cleveland, which was a very interesting move for him. But I guess Atlanta thought, Hey, we're going to get Hayden Hurst and we'll be better off with him. Even though Hurst has looked good, but man, Hooper's just on that next level for tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next game, like I said before, we all, hopefully it's not just like it. It could be a, an Atlanta thing, you know. Maybe yeah. it's just that they're tight ends. You just put anybody down there and they produce. But I, you know, I, I like Cooper, so that you know they just gotta use him more in the in the offensive game. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, this next game, I don't want to take too much time on it. I have one question for you. 19 and a half points, do the Jets cover? That's literally my only question about this game. Because the Jets covered last week against the Bills. I personally, like, I don't know how you can give a professional sports team 19 and a half points to start the game. That is insane to me. So I tend to like lean towards taking the 19 and a half. I think the Jets will cover that because, you know, the Jets are the Jets, but they're still like the 32nd best uh football team in the country you know they're they're part of the nfl they're a professional football team 19 and a half points that's just that's a college spread yeah. that's a college spread and as good as the the chiefs are i don't know man like would i be surprised if they lose by like 20 25 something like that no but just like i don't know i find out if, if i'm I, I didn't put it in my parlay this week I probably should have. Um, if I'm a betting man, I mean, 19 and a half points, no matter who it is, I mean, that's that's hard to pass up. Uh, of course, the Chiefs are going to blow them out, but it's a matter, of, like you said, of, of how many points. I would probably I would probably uh, choose the Jets to cover, to be honest. Like, I'm in the same boat, but, like, 19 and a half, watch. Fucking Kansas City is going to win, like, 28 to 10 or, like, some, like, but they're going to win by 18 just to fuck with everyone who picked Kansas City to cover. Because, like, how I said before, everyone thought Baltimore was going to cover seven points, no problem against the Eagles, sorry. And how last week everyone thought the Bills were going to cover, I think it was 13, and they only won by eight. Which, for a while there, it looked like the Jets were going to win that game. And if you're the Bills, that's, that's another reason why I have some optimism for tomorrow with New England. But... This Jets team, I always said this from the beginning when every, when they fired Todd Bowles and then they gave Adam Gase a job for some bizarre reason. I'm like, do you really expect this team to be good when you have Adam fucking Gase leading your squad? Absolutely not. And we've le- come to learn that the, this team's probably going to go 0-16. Best case scenario, I think 1-15. I think they steal one division game, which hopefully not. If it is, Miami. Yeah. B- sorry, yeah. Big Rat. But... I mean, you look at the Jets' schedule, too, it's brutal. It is a brutal schedule. Um, and, uh, listen, I'm on the same boat with do you believe that the, the Jets hired Adam Gase as their head? He's the opposite of a player's. I mean, look what he did. He ran Jay Ajayi out of town, and he was one of the main reasons why the Eagles won uh, the Super Bowl that year. He ran Kenyon Drake out of town. He ran. He almost. He wanted to run Devontae Parker out of town. And since the, uh, Gase left Miami, Devontae Parker has been unbelievable there. So yeah, he he is uh, one of the worst coaches I, I've seen in a long time in in the league. Um, somehow, I know once he gets fired this season, somehow this dude is going to get another job. I don't know how. But some st- stupid franchise is going to hire this guy. He, he is awful. Jacksonville. <laughs> and, uh, man, I, I mean, listen, their DM Joe Douglas came over from Philly. I like Joe Douglas a lot. Uh, once they uh, take Lawrence in the, in the, in the draft, I'm going to be uh, interested to see who what moves they make otherwise in the offseason that Joe Douglas finally has. He, he can build his team. Um, but yeah, this season is lost. I would not be surprised if they go 0-16. Uh, but yeah, the Chiefs are going to stomp 
the hell out of the New York Jets this week. Their December, January is a stretch from hell for a team like them. Versus Raiders, at Seahawks, at Rams, versus Browns, at Patriots. Yeah. Good lord. All losses. All losses. The only chance I see the only chances I see for potential potential wins is week eleven at LA, the Chargers, and then week twelve versus Miami. I could see Miami just like maybe having a bad game and losing. Besides that though, this this team's going 0-16. Put put some respect on the Chargers name, man. I mean, if they weren't the Chargers, they they they'd be at least five I mean, they find ways to lose somehow. But that team is a good team. I cannot believe the record that they have this year. Herbert looks amazing. That offense is clicking. Um, you know, they're having problems with their running backs. But, I mean, Keenan Allen's having an unbelievable year with uh, with Herbert. Listen, I, I like the Chargers this year. I think they're going to make a second-half comeback. I think they're going to push for the uh, the playoffs, honestly. I, I like the Chargers a lot. I, and who knows, who knows with Miami how they're going to look with Tua. Tua could be... You know, a Mahomes. He could be a Lamar Jackson. We don't know. Uh, this is going to be a, an interesting game this week, just to see how he does with the with the bye week, working with the first team. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for for the Dolphins too. That they're going to be an exciting team to watch. That's our next game on the docket is uh, Rams at Dolphins. Um, and look, I'm not saying the Chargers suck. I'm just saying, watch. That's a game where, like how you said, they find new ways to lose. Like for the last two seasons, they're true, like, true. they're like. Some ridiculous, like I think it was like three and eleven in like games under seven points. So like, it's just yeah. one of those like mind-boggling stats where if it goes the other way around, even last year the Chargers make the playoffs, and the same thing this year too. But looking here at the next game with the Jets, not the Jets, we're done. We 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 didn't even have to say it. We all know Kansas City's winning that game. Um, yeah. But the Rams at the Dolphins, it's not the most ideal game for him considering who's on the other side of the ball. And oh, one other point I wanted to make about earlier. I know I go off on bits a lot. People make fun of me for it, but it's true. Miles Garrett, I think, is early, very not early. He's a defensive player of the year candidate, straight up. That's only one point I want to get in. Hundred percent. Um, but this game right here, honestly, if Tua can be Tua, the Dolphins will win this game. Where if we get the same Tua as Alabama, if you know what, it's going to be like Alex Smith, where he's going to take those first couple hits, and everyone's going to kind of hold their breath, but. If he gets up and he's good and he's making plays with his receivers and also like with like Gaskin, Gasecki, who I really like down there. Um, part of me kind of roots for Miami just because of Brian Flores and everything and like how they're kind of New England yeah. South. I know that sounds weird for me to say because I'm a Pats fan, but no, he's a good coach. Brian Flores is the best, and my my variable counts sort of. But out of the New England coaching tree, Brian Flores is the best coach to come out of there. Like, I know I, I said everyone's all, what about Mike Vrabel? Well, Mike Vrabel played. Brian Flores was with New England since, I think, 2004 and five. Also, too, I believe he's a Mets fan, so that may win some votes in your votes with you. Born and raised in Queens. Um, he also cheered for the Giants until... Steve Cohen, they, baby. Steve Cohen. I know. you got to be happy gotta about that. got to throw that in there. I know it's football talk, but Steve Cohen, let's go. Yeah, It's all good. Um, hopefully, he revitalizes the area outside the stadium. That's the only thing i got to say. Um, and that makes the team better. But with this football game, I I I, I'm, I also do picks on TikTok every week. I'm I'm going Miami. I think it's just something. Tua's coming in. He's gonna play well because it's the same thing too with Baker Mayfield with Jared Goff. With you don't know who you're gonna get because if you look at the Jared Goff against the Bears Monday night, 
And then if you look at the Goff who played last Sunday, two weeks ago, Sunday night against the Niners, it's two different players. I always said from the beginning, Jared Goff's not the best quarterback in the league. I think he's way overpaid for what he is. Obviously, he got his team to a Super Bowl, but still, that's on, I believe, one of the worst calls in NFL, worst non-calls in NFL history. I'll beat that drum till the day I die. Um, but man, Miami's just got something cooking this year where if they look good out of the gate, I think they win this game. I don't know. I'm not saying handily, but I'm going to say like 24 to 21. Yeah, man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami takes it. I mean, for whatever reason, the Rams just can't piece everything together. Like, they have the talent there. There's no reason why they can't be one of the top teams in the NFC, and they just haven't been the past two seasons. It's just something is wrong there. There's something that needs to change. Uh, but like you said, man, I, I I really like what Miami is doing. I mean, talk about doing a tank right. I mean, these guys, it took them, what, two seasons to start being competitive again? They stockpiled all those draft picks, and they, 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 those those picks have so far, I mean, they look pretty good. And Miles Gaskin, out of nowhere, is uh, producing. He's a, a really, really good find uh, Miami. But, yeah, I think uh, this – I'm so intrigued to see what Tua does because I'm not – like I said, I'm not I'm not a college uh, football guy, so I haven't really seen this guy play. From what I hear, I mean, really, he should have went, like, number one if it wasn't for the, uh, the hip injury, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, it, I'm, I think Miami, they're well coached. Uh, for some reason, you know, they're only three and three because, honestly, I think they, they've – they're gonna they're gonna give the Bills a run for their money in the division. Honestly, I I, I 100% uh, think that, um, and it's gonna it's this, this is a test for them. If they can beat the Rams, I think this is gonna be a statement game for them. And especially if the Bills lose, um, they're gonna come for that Bills ass for sure. If the Dolph like let's say tomorrow, if New England wins and Miami wins, the AFC East is open season, straight up. I, I don't know, man. I think you're pushing it with the Patriots. Listen, the, the Patriots, I, they have. I don't think they have much of a chance. I know, I know that pains you to to hear that, but listen, the, the eye test, it's not there in New England this year. I'm sorry, it's just not. Even if they win uh, tomorrow against the Bills, the Bills, it's going to be the Bills or, or the the Dolphins division to to lose. I'm just saying that. That's my cautious, optimistic Homer coming out in me. I, hey, I don't blame you. I don't blame. You know, it's, it's hard to admit when your team sucks, but you know, unless you're an Eagles fan, it's, it's very easy to admit that. <laughs> um, you For know, the how... past few seasons, it, it's just not. It's just it's easy. And like that, we're done the one o'clock window actually, and now we're on to our first game of the four o'clocks. That, that's a that's a lot of one o'clock games, isn't it? Like I feel like that that's all that's a lot. Because usually, I mean, they usually stack a lot in the one o'clock window, and maybe like three or four in the four. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I, I wish there was more of a balance, honestly. It's, uh, eight games, so expect an Octobox to start one o'clock, which confuses oh the God. fuck out of my mother. I love, love I love my mom, but I love Red Zone, I love Red Zone Red too, Zone. but every time I watch and she comes in the room, she just looks at it and goes like, what is this sorcery? 
I think it's like it's it's a generational thing too because yeah I, I get the same thing like they want to watch one game right they want to yeah. watch one game but they're also the people that's not playing fantasy football yeah I mean you and you and me I mean we're we're locked into fantasy football so we're all about the the red zone it's like the best invention since sliced bread yeah uh, tomorrow though I'll be locked into the one game just because of the circumstances and who they're playing New England but like if New England was playing like if this was Denver like I'd probably be doing red zone but. <laughs> The fact that, you know what, it is New England versus Buffalo. It's such a huge game. Yeah. I'm going to be locked into that game. But next Sunday, though, so, no Patriots. So next yeah. Sunday, I'm pure red zone, 100%. It's complicated for me, right, because I'm in New Jersey. So very rarely do we get the Eagles games here. If you go South Jersey, that's where they get the Eagles games because yeah. that's closer to Philly. So what I'll usually do is um, if the Eagles aren't on uh, CBS or Fox – I'll put the game on my laptop. I'll find an illegal stream and put it on my laptop and then have Red Zone on the TV. But if the Eagles are on uh, CBS or Fox, I'll put that game on the on the TV and then Red Zone on the laptop. So I'm always I'm always plugged in. But yeah, uh, listen, I, I can't get enough. I'm addicted to this thing. So I, I need I need Red Zone every week or else I'm going to have a panic attack. Oh, I, I get that. Um the first game of the 4 o'clock window is actually a team we talked about earlier, and that's the Chargers going to Denver to visit the Broncos, where the Broncos actually did have a COVID scare this week. They had one player get it. The Vikings also did too, but they haven't they haven't affected any games or anything like that, which if you look at that situation with the NFL, I feel like they're doing a lot better than Major League Baseball did, but at the same time too, and this is one concern that a lot of teams, a lot of executives have, is when those teams like who get out of the playoff race, say by Thanksgiving, are they going to give a shit anymore? That's my biggest concern. I think you know. I, I keep hearing this that the that uh, the NFL is doing a better job than baseball, and I don't know if I agree with that. I think football is just lucking out because what have one guy test positive and give like maybe one or two days off uh, from the facility for everybody and let them get tested. I, that's that's gonna bite them in the butt one of these days, man. Because there's incubation periods that they're just not um, following, and we saw that in baseball. That one guy would test positive one day, and then maybe three days later, another guy would test positive. That hasn't happened yet in football, luckily. But I think um, I don't really like what uh, Roger Goodell has been doing with these games. Uh, but yeah, I, listen. Somehow, none of these games have really been. Um, canceled or anything like that they've just been pushed back you know reshuffled but one i have a feeling that there's just going to be a huge outbreak in one of these maybe that's just a pessimist to me but i think especially now because it's getting colder the cases are going up everywhere cold and flu season um, yeah so the, the luck is going to run out but as far as this game goes I mean, I'm a, I'm a Chargers guy. I th- I like the Chargers this year, so I, I'm gonna pick the Chargers. But would I be surprised if somehow the uh, AFC version of the Falcons choked this game away? No, no, because that's what the Chargers are. They like we said, we, they find these ways to lose, and um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's 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 just bad luck. You know, the talent is there in Los Angeles. I really like Herbert, like I've said. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. I'm in the same boat where I'm going to go. Um, the only other thing I want to say quickly too is for everyone going, oh, the NFL only cares about money. I go, well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. The only, that's the reason why the games haven't been canceled. Uh, that's the only reason why I condemn, I, I may, not condemn, but I uh, applaud the NFL is the fact that no games have been canceled. There's been some shuffling around and stuff, but besides that, 
the fact that they haven't had to cancel any games, I think, is a personal W for the league. Um, I still think Week 18 is going to probably happen, though, and they're going to have to get rid of the the championship games are going to be when the Pro Bowl usually is, which got canceled this year, which I don't think anyone batted an eye at. Um, As for this game, though, I'm going to go Chargers because part of me straight up thinks that the Denver Broncos are just not a good football team. I'm not saying anything bad. Like, they do have the talent. It's just they need a new head coach in there. Like, Vic's a great defensive mind. But for this team, especially next year, when they get Cortland Sutton back healthy with Drew Locke, you need an offensive guy in there. You need someone who can coach offensive football well to coach this team. And the defense, too, like the same thing. They've unfortunately had some bad injuries this year with, like, Von Miller going out and stuff. But... I'm in the same boat as you. I'm going Chargers, but would it shock me if they were up like, I don't know, let's say 24 to 10 and the Broncos ended up winning it like 30 to 24? No. Yeah, it's listen, the the I don't know if Drew Locke's the guy in Denver. I mean, he had a, you know, pretty good showing last year when he took over, but um I don't know if he's the the guy in Denver and like you said the the Court and Sutton injury was brutal, especially since, you know, I picked him in and you know it didn't get anything out of him uh that's here nor there uh but yeah I, but melvin gordon i mean listen that's a guy that you know unlike Le'Veon bell i mean he didn't hold out the whole season but he did hold out that's a guy that still no matter the holdout he he's producing in denver um you know the chargers and don't don't think that that's not on his mind um for this game so i t- I mean, would it be something if Gordon just goes off against his former team? Yeah, I, I think it's possible. I mean, he's looked really good. Um, but, yeah, I think the Chargers are – the record doesn't reflect how good the team is. So I think they'll take it. I'm in the same boat. And the next one, the next boat to next, – next boat, next game we've got is one that means a kind of bit to you just because of uh, something I told you off air. Um, but it's the Saints at the Bears – and I said this Tuesday night where I called Monday Night Football's game the Dennis Green game where the Bears are who we thought they were. But at the same time, too, like, I I don't get this team. Like, Matt Nagy's a good head coach, but we saw Monday night that McVay was playing chess while he was playing checkers. This is a – this, like, team right here, the Bears, I'm going to say a comparison. They're the 2019 New England Patriots in 2020 where the offense is fucking wonky – but that defense is going to bail them out sometimes. Like, we saw how they beat Tampa, where there were all these games, like, where, oh, the well, I do credit them offensively, though, against uh, Detroit and Atlanta, but then there was a game against the Giants that they almost lost. So, with the Bears, you don't know who you're going to get, and I think with the Saints, even though Thomas is out, this team's starting to click. Yeah. Yeah, for 100%. And Drew Brees is still somehow producing with nobody there to throw to. Like, uh, I mean, uh, Sanders was going off for a while there in Thomas's place, but he's hurt. COVID. Oh, what? With Michael Thomas? I mean, he was healthy, but then they benched him because of disciplinary reasons, and then all of a sudden he's he's hurt again? I have no idea what's going on. There's there's something not, not good going on in New Orleans, but... Um, Chicago is one of those teams where, like you said, it's the defense that carries them. Uh, they don't have a run game. It's all on, like, Nick Foles' shoulders. And, you know, my man Big Dick Nick is going to get the job done uh, most most games. Uh, but then he's going to have those games where, you know, I mean, and Allen Robinson is banged up now. He's in the concussion protocol, I believe. So, I mean, that's going to be a game where, 
I think the, the Saints think that the, the Bears are going to do much on offense. And like you said, the Saints are they're trying to get things going. I think they're going to, even without Thomas and Sanders, Kamara is having a great year. So, um, yeah, I would I would take the Saints. And the one thing I want to add quickly with the Big whole... Big Dick Nick is my guy. I understand. Um, Alvin Kamara is having the kind of year where at Michael Thomas was last year. He's just having a great year where last year, look, Alvin was hurt this year. Thomas has been out a lot. Um, this is a game where I think you can win without Michael Thomas. It's next week against the Bucks, where I'm like, they need him back. That's a big, yeah. big game because I know the Saints beat him once. The Saints beat him twice. It's going to be a lot harder for the Bucks to win the division. I pretty much feel like if the Saints were to win this game and next game, it's pretty much going to be the Saints' division to lose at that point because we all know what the Saints do. They also run a very good system with, like, where you have, you get a mix of, where Taysom Hill, I don't, there's a lot of situations this year with him that I don't know why they're putting him in there. But this may be kind of stupid to some people. But if I'm the Bears, why would not start using Mitch in, like, a Taysom role? Because Mitch can run. His throwing's off. Meanwhile, Nick can throw. Nick Foles is a good thrower where his he's just a stationary pocket quarterback. Mitch is creative where he can get elusive, he can get out of the pocket. So if they start running Mitch Trubisky in a Taysom Hill kind of sense, I don't see why Matt Nagy doesn't consider that, especially if they want to make a push towards the playoffs. Because with seven teams this year, it's yeah. going to be interesting. Yeah, Nagy's got to start getting creative because that the offense is just not working right now. Um, you know, Foles is doing everything that he can. You, you just got to start getting creative if you're if you're Matt Nagy, um, and yeah, they're they're a pretender. I don't I don't think that the Bears are going to do much this year. The Saints, on the other hand, like you said, I mean, this is a big game for them. They need to win this game. They need to go into uh, the the Tampa game next week with some momentum. And next week, they're going to need everybody. Michael Thomas better be on the field because if he's not, that that that's going to be big trouble for them. Uh, but as far as this week goes. Um, the, the, the Saints should should take this, I think. I think the Saints win, too. The spread's four and a half. Um, I'm going to pick a score just for fun, and I'm going to say Saints win this 31-16. to 16. Score Agami. I'll, uh, I'll go 25 Sorry, guys, we're just having some trouble with uh, Bobby's video. I'm going to stop the... Oh, that, who knows? Go. This might be a trap game for New Orleans. I think the same thing. You did cut out before you said the score, though. What was your score? You said 25 to... Uh, tw 25 to 18. 25 to 18. Oh, it's a weird score, but, you know, who knows? Scoregami, baby. Um, yeah. The next game we have is the last 4 o'clock game on the window before we... I'm going to let Bobby take over. Um, but this is another game which could be game of the week and also, too, I think a potential... This is a huge game for divisional and playoff implications already. I know everyone's saying, oh, it's, oh, it's still November. But I'm like, hey, with football, there are games in October, November where I've done this before as a Pats fan. I did this last year, too, where I was like, oh, if only we had won this one game, we'd be in a different story where the Miami situation wouldn't have had to occur. Where if that we lose Miami, it's not a big deal. That's this game right here with the Niners and the Seahawks. Because San Francisco, even though they're banged up to all hell, they're starting to find their groove, and... Part of me is still not sold on the Seahawks. I know they lost their first game last week, but they're in that Tennessee Titan category where we're still trying to figure out 
not for now where they are, but for where they're going to be in January. Yeah, I tend to I, – I, I really like the Seahawks this year. And if you don't think they're going to be pissed off after last week, uh, you're mistaken because they are going to come out. Russell is going to be throwing the ball like crazy no matter who the running back is this week. It doesn't really matter. Russell is going to have an unbelievable game. Watch for Lockett to get like another – 150, 200 yards in the air. Metcalf is going to go off. Uh, the The Seahawks are pissed. And I don't think, uh, to be honest with you, I think this might be a blowout. Um, the, the Niners, I mean, listen, they're, they're finding ways to win. They don't have much offensively. You know, everybody seems to be banged up. The Eagles. But it's it's one of those things where, you know, they, they're finding ways to win, but they, that's not going to be this week. This week, I think the Seahawks are going to stomp out the Niners. And, you know, it's a Seahawks division to lose anyway. So uh, they might be in a little bit of uh, trouble if they lose this game and the the Niners get another game on them. But I think Seattle is just too good of a team. And uh, they'll they'll take this game. I'm going to go different than you. I think that Seattle is going to be pissed off. They're going to come out firing. But at the same time, too, it's their... I want to see how their secondary does tomorrow because I know San Francisco's banged up, but they still like Brandon Ayuk's looked pretty good this year for them. George Kittle's still there. Um, they're gonna fi- they find ways to win. Like look, last week too, they had Jeff Wilson Jr. who came out of nowhere, and now they have Jermichael Jer- Hasty who's probably gonna be their starting running back. We don't know what Tevin Coleman's gonna be if it's gonna be Jarek McKinnon. I- I'm gonna say though, this is gonna. I think this is gonna be a shootout. I think this is gonna be. 38-35 to 35 San Francisco wins. This is going to be a game where, you know what, it's just back and forth, back and forth, punching blows. But I think at the end of the day, I can see something where the Seattle defense is just lets them down. You know, I just, I, I don't see it that way, man. I really don't. I, I'm not a Jimmy G believer. I don't think he's, you know, a franchise guy. He's good. He's fine. Um, but I think he's going to struggle against... Uh, this defense where, you know, you saw them beefing up the defensive line again, um, you know, with the trade with uh, Dunlap. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I just I think the Seahawks are going to be pissed. They're going to be pissed. They should have won that game last week. They didn't. And they're going to take it out uh, on the Niners division rivalry game. You know that even that is going to add fuel to their fire. Yeah. Seahawks, Seahawks got this, no doubt. And we finish off Sunday with um I'm going to let you just, you you say whatever you want. This is your team, Sunday Night Football, Carson Wentz, Ben DiNucci, Bobby Gross, the floor is yours. I mean, talk about a quarterback showdown for the ages. Carson Wentz and Ben DiNucci, let's go. Um, listen, man, uh, if you talked to me a couple weeks ago, I would have been way more pissed. It is what it is what's going on with the team right now. We're starting to get healthy. There's still – I still don't think this is a good football team. Um, there's a lot that's wrong with this, the team, starting with the offense. Listen, uh, Wentz, I don't know – I just don't think that he's the guy. I really don't. Um, I was such a Wentz guy before this season. You know, Billy – when Foles left, should we have chosen Carson Wentz over Nick Foles? 
Um, I was on the Wentz bandwagon, man, and not not even the bandwagon. I was his. I, I was he. He was my guy. Wentz was my guy. Um, you know, even. Sorry, folks. He's just cutting huge in and out. Turnover problem. He still has a huge turnover problem. Uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, he fumbles. It seems like he fumbles every goddamn game. It's frustrating as hell. He throws these stupid interceptions, um, but yet he somehow finds ways to produce with nobody around him. I mean, listen, he's throwing to practice squad guys, and that's going to change this week um, with Rager and Goddard coming. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just so frustrating to see him continue to struggle every week and put a Jalen Hurts in there for the same play over and over. There's no creativity with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, he was supposed to be a Taysom Hill type uh, quarterback, uh, that kind of role. And he's. All right, folks, just stand by. I'll fix this in post, but Bobby's video feed keeps cutting in and out. I'm not sure what exactly is going on, so we will be back in just one sec. Sorry, folks, technical issues do happen from time to time, but we are back. Uh, Bobby, I'm going to give the floor back to you. Start wherever you want with this Eagles-Cowboys game. If some of it does lap over, guys, I do apologize because, like I say, can't control all technical issues. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just like I was criticizing the play calling of Doug Peterson. I think it's just a mess. Uh, I don't think he's the right offensive guy to lead uh, the plays. He just He's very predictable. He's very one-note. And defensively, I mean, listen, uh, we've got guys that should be starting. You know, we draft these guys, um, you know, second, third, fourth round, and they don't play. We basically uh, redshirt them, which makes no damn sense. And, you know, we just have all of these guys that we just have some kind of loyalty to. Uh, what Howie Roseman has done with this roster is just, it's pathetic, to be honest with you. We're not drafting right. We're not signing the right guys. I mean, we signed uh, Jermon Hargrave from the Steelers this past offseason, and he's been completely invisible. Uh, you know, that's it just seems like nothing is going our way. But going into this game, I mean, listen... Uh, you want to talk about nothing going your way, that's that's a definition of Dallas this year. I mean, they have nothing going right. Um, you know, Dak getting injured, Dalton getting injured, although it was a joke that they went with him as their quarterback. Um, you know, when there's guys like uh, Jameis Winston out there that you could probably trade for from New Orleans. Um, yeah, it's – listen, I think the Eagles take this game – but that doesn't take away from the fact that we're going to struggle against the good teams. Uh, we'll see how Carson does this week. I mean, again, I don't have the utmost confidence in the guy. I think we, you know, if we start losing games, you have to consider putting Jalen Hurts in um, just to see what you have with the guy. I mean, he's been a second-round pick. I keep seeing him in option plays all season. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where – to be honest with you, I don't think this is going to be a close game. I think we probably destroy Dallas. Uh, we have a tendency to do that. Uh, but, you know, that that's not to say that we're a good team or anything like that in, in the worst division in, in football. Um, so, I mean, listen, if you caught me two weeks ago, I would have been way more pissed. But 
It's like we're, we're starting to win games somehow. We're going to win this game, I think. I, would I be surprised if we lost? Kind of, yeah, but that's only because they have nobody on the other side of the ball. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily believe in the guys we have. A few, you know, I mean, listen, uh, Fulcom came out of nowhere, and he's like one of the best receivers in football right now, somehow. But, yeah, the, the Cowboys are just a mess. And, uh, man, if we lose to them, uh, listen, you can have me back next week, and I'll rant all day about the game. Sounds good. Um, I'm looking at the Packers' upcoming schedule here. You guys actually – the Packers – not the Packers. The Eagles, excuse me. I don't know why I'm talking about the Packers. It's, it's green. Everyone is green. Um, they have, honestly, the best bye week possible just because, look, you have the bye coming up next week. They have the trade deadline. I expect Howie Roseman to make 50 phone calls between Sunday night at 11.45 and Tuesday afternoon at, like, 4 o'clock. I expect him to be very active because, look, if Philly wins this game, I think you got to consider going out to a trade for an offensive lineman or a defensive tackle who, you know what, is on a team where they're not going to be really going anywhere because I, as soon as Brandon Brooks was hurt for Philly, I kind of knew, I'm like, they got to do something. And we also knew, too, like Lane Johnson in and out of the lineup. Uh, Jason Kelsey's looked all right. Um, but I will I mean, say listen, that... Uh, the, the offensive line... Uh... I'm actually, uh, you know, the offensive line has been playing pretty well these past couple weeks, even with all the injuries. Um, Driscoll, who's one of our draft picks from this past season, he's looked pretty good. Uh, Jordan Mylata, who was like, a, we've redshirted him for like two or three years. He was a former like rugby guy. He was playing left tackle and was doing a really good job with it. Um, I, you know, if... Listen, the, the, the year two of uh, been buyers at the deadline was last year and how we chose to do nothing. Um, this year, listen, even if we win this game, I want to be sellers because you know what? We're still not going to be a good football team. Even if we win this division, we're not doing anything in the playoffs. We have to start looking to the future because uh, the way we're built now is not working. We need to start uh, hoarding draft picks, whatever we do, Young guys, get the old guys out of here. I'm sick of seeing Vinnie Curry on the field. Um, you know, Jason uh, Jason Peters, listen, thank you for your great career. You're not the guy anymore. Yeah, you, you held us over a barrel because you wanted more money to play left tackle in the beginning of this season. Even though you signed for less to play right tackle, all of a sudden you wanted more money. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of these old guys bringing youth because you know what? Our best players right now are the young guys. Uh, Fulgham. Uh, Rager is going to do uh, big things. Uh, Dallas Goddard on offense. Defensively, I've never seen a, a cornerback this good from uh, Darius Slay. He is our best cornerback we've had in years. In years. Probably since, like, Asante Samuel, to be honest with you. I mean, we, we've just – I love that signing. But I'm, 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 we, we have to sell. We have to sell. I don't want to see how he'd buy anything because, you know what, it, it seems like a panic move for his part. He wants to save his job. He wants to be some kind of savior uh, of the team. It's not going to happen. He built this team the wrong way. We're being coached the wrong way. Um, and, and that's the end of that. I, I, I Listen, it's just uh, if, I, if we make deals and we sacrifice draft capital, um, I'm going to be pissed. Because, listen, we, we can be 8-8, eight eight, win the division, who cares? We're going to get bounced out of the playoffs. It doesn't matter. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I uh, keep ranting. I'm very passionate dude, about the it's Eagles. All, that's why uh, I have. You could tell. But uh, it's just this 
this season has been totally painful. This totally is, painful. This is why I have fans of other teams on here, so I can get their perspective on their team. And also, the one thing i got to say, too, and I like it, is Alex Singleton, linebacker, shout-outs, Canadian Football League. Oh, um, yeah. He's been playing well. He's been playing yeah. real well. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to give him a quick shout-out. But with this like, team, like, do you think if they don't do anything well for this offseason or if they kind of flame out, is Howie's jo- – like, I know you guys want Howie out, but realistically, do you think that he's got another year of safety or do you think you could see both coach and GM out at the end of the season? If I had to – if I had to look into my crystal ball, right, and there was one that was going to be fired – I think it, it might be Roseman. Um, I don't know. Listen, Doug Peterson, you can you can make the argument, oh, he's a Super Bowl winning coach, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think he's a good coach. And it's not, it's not, I don't think it's coincidence that since Frank Reich has left the, the team from being uh, the offensive coordinator and went to Indianapolis, that the, the offensive play calling has just been dreadful. And Peterson refuses, refuses to give up play calling duties. So that that's one thing. Uh, personally, I would like to see them both gone. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of underperforming. This is a team that needs to start stripping down their old guys and building from uh, the bottom again. And like I said, the Dolphins, look what they've done. In two years, look what they did. It was unbelievable. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where – you know, they're going to find all types of excuses to keep these guys around. But if there's no change, um, that's going to be a huge problem because I don't know a single uh, Eagles fan that doesn't, even though we're starting to win a little bit, that thinks that this is going to be a, a contending team and doesn't want change in the offseason. If they're, if it's like status quo, that that's a huge problem. That's a huge problem. No, I get that. And, um, I, I get every point you're making where, look, if you want change, something's, something's got to get. Like, you can't just stay. If they stay stagnant at the deadline, like, I feel like it's there. But if you buy, it's going to look like, okay, he's just going all in. And, like, it's a very risky move. But if you sell, it's going to be good. Because, look, you're going to be locking up draft stock going forward for 21 and 22. Um, the big thing with me with this Eagles team is, look, you're in a division that's pretty bad enough. Like, Washington and the Giants, we don't really – like, they, they, they've had flashes where it's like, okay – they kind of look good, but at the same time, too, the Giants are still the Giants. They don't have any weapons. I, I, obviously, Saquon's hurt, but then the re- receiving core is okay, um, and their defense and their offensive line is terrible. Meanwhile, with Dallas, it's like ever since Dak went out, the morale of the team just went down. Like, I'm sorry, but if that was Dak Prescott who had that headshot that Dalton got last week, there'd be a fight that broke out during that game. And the fact that no one did anything when this incredibly dirty hit was blown, you don't do a single thing. It's like, okay, what's going on? And then your first game with Dalton, okay, you get your doors blown off Monday Night Football. But then to go to Washington and not even get more than a field goal, like, it's, it's, it's yeah. got me wanting to bench Cooper and yeah, Lamb I mean, tonight. Listen, the, the, the NFC East used to be the crown jewel of the football league. I mean, for real. I mean, the, look at what happened the past 10 years. I mean, the, the last decade, it was the best division in football. Three it's Super Bowls in the last 12 years. The, it's it's the worst division in football by far. I mean, it's no question about it. And listen, I, am I surprised that the, the 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 Cowboys, the locker room, has given up? No, because you know why? They're a bunch of quitters. And of course, you bring in Mike McCarthy, who notoriously had a bad relationship with Aaron Rodgers. 
with the with the team, you know, he did not free Aaron Jones. Um, of course, they're 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 not going to play for the guy. I mean, these these players are going to the media already. What are we seven games in, uh, and and they're giving up on the coach already? That says a lot. Um, listen, Jerry Jones, one of the worst uh, owners in football, maybe one of the worst owners in uh, in sports. Him being the GM after all these years of not winning a damn thing is a joke. Uh, I hate I hate Dallas. Um, if only their fans weren't so terrible, I'd kind of feel bad. But listen, it's it's one of those things where they're good. They're probably going to finish in the basement. I think that the the Giants are a better team, to be honest with you. Um, the, the Cowboys uh, the Cowboys suck. Period. End of story. We should win this game. I think we will win this game. And uh, boy, if uh, if we lose though, uh, I don't. I'm not gonna know what to do with myself if we lose to Ben Danucci. Who the hell is that? I have no idea. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. I get that, but like, look with this Dallas team. I agree with you. The what? How everyone goes? Oh, why isn't this team doing anything? I literally say their biggest enemy or biggest like heel is Jerry Jones' ego. I straight up have started believing that. Like I always said, like I'm like. Okay, but when you're when you want to talk to management, but guess what? Management is also ownership. You need a football mind making football moves. Jerry's just like for the fact too. You gave Amari Cooper a million dollars. You gave Zeke his money. You for some reason wouldn't give. I understand Dak wanted Mahomes' money, which is a little like he's a good quarterback, but he's not that level, and I don't think anyone in the NFL is. Like Lamar is close, but still. Yeah. The fact that you didn't pay him and now you it makes you look bad. It makes just like the fact you want to make ownership look bad that hey your star quarterback has this devastating injury and if you franchise him, guess what? They're gonna be in Kirk Cousins land soon where for all we know, if Dak comes back next year and says, Hey, give me this, if they say no, we're gonna franchise you another year, Dak can just deuces and say, I'm out. And I'm sure if Dak says, Hey, I'm on the open market, who wants me? His phone's gonna be ringing ten times some not his phone. His agent's phone is gonna be going off the hook, saying, "Hey, we'll take him. We'll take him." You know, every single team in the NFL would want to take him. Who's in need of a quarterback, or that team that you know what they're looking to make a change at the position? Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. like Minnesota would give Kirk Cousins up to get him. Cleveland would give Baker up. San Francisco would give Jimmy up. L.A. would I'd say L.A. and Jared, but I they're financially in a bit of a pickle right now. I mean, listen, uh, the Den- Denver could use quarterback. Another uh, team. Jacksonville, maybe. I mean, I don't think they're sold on Minshew. There was reports um, last week that the, if Minshew didn't play a good game, that they would have benched him. Uh, there, there's options for Dak. But, I mean, listen, it's, it's, uh, I'd I love uh, seeing Dallas struggle this much. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I can't brag that. To you know, to a certain uh, extent, because uh, the, the Eagles are are lost. You know, they uh, they're they're a lost cause. They they needs to be changed. Uh, pretty much, uh, you, you know, the whole division needs some sort of change. Uh, it's not. It's going to take a while though, because it just seems like these new regimes come in and they give them like two, three years, and it still doesn't work, and it's the whole cycle all over again. So. To be honest with you, I, I think Washington might even be the best uh, the best team in the division. I like I like what they're doing over there. Um, so oh, it is what it is. But man, uh, check check uh, check back within me. Uh, check with me next week if we lose this game. Boy, I'm, I'm going to be uh, livid. 
if, livid. If they lose this game, I will reserve my Saturday at this time to have you on to come and talk. But I actually haven't said my prediction yet. And the one thing I'm going to say, I think the Eagles win this. But at halftime, I don't think it's going to be It's going to be a blow-up. I don't think it's going to be a crazy one. I think it's going to be like 13 to nothing, let's say. And then I'm going to go... 23 to 3 is my final score for this game. I think you know what? Unless for some reason Zeke has just a feed me day, there is no way in hell the Dallas Cowboys are winning this game. You know what? It's it's even if they try to feed Zeke, we ha- we've always had like a good run defense. So I mean, that's not a problem. Um it's going to stop. There there's really like no tape on this Danucci kid. So, I mean, listen, it, he could go off. They certainly have the weapons there, uh, wide receiver-wise. Um, you know, C.D. Lamb should have been an eagle. I mean, all these guys that we picked, uh, we, we skipped to uh, pick Rager, and like all of them are producing, which sucks, but I think Rager's going to be good. Uh, I, I like Gallup. He's having a down year. And then Amari Cooper, he's, he's like ultimate Jekyll and Hyde, but it seems like when he, whenever the Eagles – uh, play the Cowboys, he goes off, but hopefully we have stay on him to shut him down. Uh, listen, it's it could be a trap game, but I, I think the Eagles aren't that incompetent that they can't beat a guy named Ben DiNucci. So. And one last game, if we want to talk We'll see about, what happens. Yes, exactly. And one last game uh, we, is the Monday Nighter. Um, Box Giants... I think the Bucs are going to win this, but something potentially screams to me that, hey, look at the way that, like, the Chargers played the Bucs close. Look at the way that, like, the Bucs have played some games close, but then they kind of pull away or they come back. But, you know what? At the end of the day, this this, this Tampa defense, if they play legit, they're going to the Super Bowl, I think. Like, if they play... Consi- not, yeah. I don't think they have to kill, t- like, kill teams like this, but you got to win against like Green Bay. They did. And then for Tampa right now, I feel like, look, they're good, but this Antonio Brown signing is the biggest Russian roulette thing they've done because one little screw-up, he's gone. I also don't like it from a fantasy perspective because you and I were involved in a little trade where I gave you Chris Godwin. I took Kenyon Drake. Both guys are on the IR right now, but I have Chris Godwin in a couple other leagues. This like every year I always trust Tampa receivers. I'm like, oh hey, Mike Evans, I'll give a shot. Godwin's the guy this year. It's Godwin. Mike Evans is the guy that's flourishing. Godwin's been hurt, so I'm like, these Tampa receivers hate me. No matter who's their quarterback, it's just a thing. I personally think the Bucs are going to win that game, but at the same time, too, like I said, there's a part of me that has a weird feeling that the Giants may keep it close, but at the same time, too, I'm just like, you know what? Now, if you want to believe in Tampa, and Tampa wants to know they're good, Tampa's got to kill them. I mean, I'll say this. Uh, it seems like the Giants play every team tough. Like, uh, you know, it's not like they've had, like, a huge blowout every week, uh, unlike the, the other New York team. Yeah. So would I be surprised if somehow the Giants, you know, keep this game competitive? No. I, I think it's, it's very possible that this is a close game. However, what Brady and the Bucks are doing down there in Tampa Bay – uh, they're the goods. They're the goods. Um, they're, there's no denying that anymore. And finally, Gronk seems to be in football shape. He's starting to produce, which 
I know it must must hurt you a little bit, Griff. Him and him and Brady connecting down there. Uh, you know, so it's like can you add Antonio Brown into the mix? Godwin, Evans, Scotty Miller. I mean, they, it seems like this is the best uh, array of weapons that Brady might have ever had uh, because Belichick just refused to give this guy the talent around him, especially last season, uh, and he's producing. You know, they have a running back in Ronald Jones. They have Fournette. The defense is playing out of their minds. Listen, uh, the Bucks. the Bucks could make a run in the, in the NFC. And, uh, you know, this could be a close game, but honestly, the Bucks are on a roll right now. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a blowout. Um, and you know Brady has a thing against the Giants. So uh, I think this is going to be, you know, uh, maybe like an eight-point victory for the Bucks. I don't think it's going to be too big, but the, the Giants aren't going to roll over. They haven't rolled over all year. So uh, they, they just aren't that good, but they play competitive. So Bucks are going to win. But the Giants, uh, you know, it's not going to be like a 19-and-a-half uh, spread for, for the Jets or anything like that. They're not that bad. No. But, yeah, the, the Bucks will win this game. I get that. And I have one. Uh, I used this gif a lot on Twitter this past week, but I found the video for it, and I want to play it for you right now, of how I felt last week as the Patriots were getting killed by San Francisco and Brady and Gronk were dialing it up. From Brooklyn Nine Nine of uh, ca- of the ca- I forget his name on top of my head, but the captain saying to Terry Crews just pain. That's what I felt like. I was honestly Brady leaving. It was one of those things I always kind of prepared myself for. I woke up to like a bunch of phone notifications being like of it, and I'm just like, this is right at the beginning of COVID. This is not what I needed right now. But I was honestly yeah. more pissed off about Gronk coming out of retirement to go follow him. That, that upset me more than that, just because, like, look, I was just like, just stay. I was, like, more, like, and he retired. The same thing, too. Like, I kind of expected it, but for him to come out of nowhere and for the two of them to be clicking up now, it's, like, one of those things where it's just, like, for the love of God, like, why? Why? But. Listen, man, they might have saw the, I mean, especially for Brady, he probably saw the writing on the wall. I mean, yeah. he, he knew that, listen, the time was up in New England. Um, he probably sick of Belichick not giving him uh, the guys around him that he needed. Antonio Brown, I mean, they signed him, but it just didn't work out. But other than that, I mean, he can only throw to Edelman so many times in New England. So, uh, and who knows with Gronk, you know, that guy's a bonehead. But, uh, yeah, it's like uh, Gronk's finally turning it around. That's just another weapon for Brady that he probably didn't need to succeed. But, listen, they're, 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 they're dangerous. They're absolutely dangerous and one of the uh, top teams in the NFC, no doubt. That they are, and I think I'm going to say the same thing too because the spread in that game I think is ten and a half or eleven for the uh, box over the Giants. Yeah, that's, so that's ridiculous. I think the Giants cover. I honestly say box yeah. win, Giants cover. Um, that's, Definitely, yeah, that's 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 too big, too big of a spread. But here's the thing though: if this Saint, if the Saints go into Tampa next week and win, every because this is the one narrative I love in media, especially with ESPN, because I always watch YouTube clips of like get up and like first take and stuff is how two weeks ago, remember Green Bay got trounced by Tampa, and everyone was like, oh, look at how good Brady looks, and no one said anything bad about Rodgers. Brady, no matter who he's with, if he's on a bad side of an ass-whipping, it's going to be, oh, he's done, he's washed, he's this, he's that. Like, it finally took him be him killing the Raiders for Max Kellerman to go, 
oh, hey, I was wrong about my cliff take from four years ago in which Brady has since gone to three Super Bowls and won two of them. So yeah. it's just one of those things. Where, yeah. And also, the same thing with Drew Brees as well, because they're out of... I know Russell Wilson, I'd like to see win another one. There's Aaron Rodgers, I'd like to see another win another one. Drew Brees is another guy, especially considering he's at the end of his career. I would love to see for Drew to get a second ring. And, I mean, who knows? Even if they gave him a little bit of help last year in New England, things would have went up, went different because now he's overloaded in Tampa Bay. So he, he's put in a, a position to succeed, and he's succeeding. Uh, I'm sorry, Griff, but that's that's not happening in New England right no. now. So you got you to gotta point, point the finger at Belichick. So, I mean, he's not going to get fired or anything like that, but who knows? There might be uh, maybe a, a retirement at the end of the season. Yeah, if if they miss the playoffs, and if all does like when I say miss the playoffs, obviously, win the division is an idealistic thing right now that I would love to see happen, but I don't see happening. But if they are, I would say below tenth in the in the conference in the league, I, I, I even though I know like with baseball and football, America, AFC, NFC, in the American Football Conference, I prefer saying conference. Saying league for different divisions is just weird. That's why, like, that's just me. But if they finish, like, in that, if they're in the hunt at the end of the season, I think he stays on because he says, look, I can go in the offseason, add some pieces, because next year they're going to have a lot more cap room to work with. But I'm in the same boat as you with him. If they lose this game tomorrow afternoon, they got to start selling and they got to start looking at the future. Straight up. That's my honest thoughts well, I mean, as a like, fan. Who, who is there to sell in New England? Uh, honestly, like you have Gilmore. Gilmore can go. Gilmore, but... Joe Tooney on the line because he's franchised right now, but he's gonna have to get paid next year. Um, Tooney, yeah, yeah, Tooney, um, and not a whole lot of other people. Though you're right. When I say sell, I mean just like look. If they can, tr- the only guy I would really love to have on the field right now, but we don't obviously because of COVID is Hightower. Because Hightower is the anchor of that defense. So yeah. it's and also to the Patriots in a position right now where I went into the season thinking. Pandora's box. Right now we're getting the evil side of Pandora's box where I want to shut the box lid shut tight. But for now, it's a wait and see. And I'm going to take it one game at a time, see how tomorrow goes, because for next week there's some light at the end of the tunnel. And that tunnel ends at MetLife Stadium with the team in green on Monday Night Football, where last year it was 33-0 and they saw ghosts. So yeah. there's a little bit of hope considering the fact that after this Bills game, it's the Jets. But then, oh, look, in two weeks it's the Ravens on Sunday night football. So if the Patriots go from, let's see, two and four, if they're four and five at the end of the next, in, the, in two weeks from now, if they're four and five, I'll be optimistic. If they're three and six, or, yeah, if they're three and six, or, or, or worst case scenario, in a very odd ended universe, if they're two and nine, yeah, it's gonna be very, very bleak days for this podcast. I mean, that, that's that's adorable of you, Griff, that you're already not uh, panicking right now, that you're not concerned, <laughs> not concerned because this is a this is a bad football team, man. I would not, um, and believe me, I know bad football teams when I see them. This is uh, this isn't a good football team, and. Boy, the pressure is definitely. I mean, if he sticks around, uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Belichick um, in the uh, in the off season. 
because this guy loves to trade down in the draft, but boy, he cannot do that anymore. Uh, considering that he's just lacking the talent, he's, he's got to start drafting guys. There, there's no question about it. And when I say the panic thing right now, I'm in front of, like, so let's say, because I'm on my laptop right now, the button's right here. I have the lid 50% open. That lid gets fully open, and that button gets slammed tomorrow if they lose bad. I'm, I want to be optimistic, but at the same time, too, if I'm being realistic, look, I know it's not, I'm not expecting them, no, there's no way that they're, the only way they would have to win the division is if the Bills go, like, two and six down the stretch. And the Patriots have this miraculous turnaround, and, oh, Cam's Cam again from what we saw for Seattle. Because even, too, ever since Seattle, he hasn't played that well. Like, if you go back and look at the Vegas film, it was the running backs, who really, like Rex Burkhead, who really dominated that game. And also to the fact that they kind of managed to pick apart. And the defense, too. The defense took away, like, Darren Waller was a, non, a no-show in that game. So, like, do, does part of me want to be optimistic? Yes, but at the same time, too, I know, hey, we're not the world beaters. Six, like, we're, we've still won six Super Bowls and have the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. But am I anticipating them being in Tampa at the end of the season? Absolutely fucking not. That's all I got to say. And the only other thing, too, I want to say with the New England South in Tampa, if Antonio Brown starts the ball, I think that's more of a bad thing than a good thing for Tampa because you're going to get Evans and Godwin and like all these tight ends going like, bro, what the hell? Like We just bring this guy in and you're always throwing to him. Meanwhile, we've been here forever and we're like chopped liver. So that's just one thing I wanted to say quickly about Tampa's situation. Even though I know part of it is still bitterness and saltiness that Tom's thriving while we're hurting. But at the end of the day, you know what? I'm going to say what I want. We'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, we're both we're both rooting for bad teams right now. So we, we have... only thing we can be is optimistic. So Yeah. So hopefully there's lights at both of the end of our tunnels. It was a blast talking to you today. We are just over the hour and a half mark, but you are if we can always find a Saturday that works for both you and I, you're always more than welcome to come on the show and talk. Just I'll we'll message you. We'll just keep the DMs open and firing up, and I hope to have you back on very soon because this, honestly, today was a great football conversation between a Patriots fan and an Eagles fan. Griff, this was a pleasure been in the works for a while you whenever you need me just slide into my dms uh yeah i mean listen uh this was this was awesome uh i'm hoping that i get more views than uh than big rat and uh, the lorenzo brothers that's the, that's a personal goal of mine uh just to shove it in their face uh but yeah man this this was a blast and uh thank you for having me on well no problem but anyway guys enjoy your halloween tonight enjoy week eight of the nfl football season and I'll see you guys for the next episode, which should probably come out uh, probably Monday night, if not Wednesday. I'm just trying not to record on Tuesday because obviously, even though I'm not Canadian, I'm not American, um, I know that, look, there's a lot more important things going on Tuesday night. So if you do live in the States, please go out and vote because obviously this election means a lot to the people of the United States of America. Yes. Love it, Griff. You're the man. Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll adopt you over here in America, although I don't think you want to be here right now. You're, you're doing pretty well up there. Yeah, you know what? I am doing pretty well up here. I'll take honorary American status, but I'm more comfortable north of the border. No offense. But anyway, guys, thank you very much. Have a good night. and we Or have a good day, no matter what time you're listening to this. And we'll see you on the next episode. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. 
he just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.